This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to The Property Show, our weekly take on all things property related, and I'm Philip C. It's the last Friday of the month, and as usual, our guest today is Chris Tan for the Property Legal Clinic. Welcome, Chris, to The Property Show. How are you doing? Good. I'm good, Philip. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. So let's just dive straight to the questions. Now, we've got a couple of questions today, but I want to focus one theme, uh, which is really hovering around the theme on bankruptcy. Uh, because Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people now in these very difficult times uh, genuinely very worried about it. So there's a question that was posed by Anonymous, uh, which is, if there's a joint name purchasing a residential property, but later one of the joint names happens to become bankrupt, what happens to the residential property then? Okay, first of all, uh, it, it is still intact. Your ownership is still intact one way or another. It's just that the bankrupt person can no longer make decision for himself, right? Hence, uh, the, the bankruptcy, if it's adjudicated a bankrupt, then it will subject itself to the uh, uh, government authority, right, in relation to some decision making. After all, that asset for all intent and purposes uh, is subject to claim by the creditor of the bankrupt person. Right, so which means, uh, uh, if uh, this uh, the fellow uh, joint owner of the residential property want to dispose of the property and everything else, for example, they need to get the consent of the official assignee who is then set in to act for the purpose of the bankrupt person uh, before they can sell. Uh, therefore, decision making would be a little bit more cumbersome, but it still can be done. Uh, as uh, for all bankrupt person, there will be an official assignee uh, designated uh, by the government department for the purpose of uh, administrating the asset for the purpose of payment and satisfying the claim by the creditor. So just let me understand this a bit more. Two names sure. to that property. If yep. one of them becomes bankrupt, uh, they basically are replaced by an assignee and then the assignee basically will talk to the other joint owner on what is the next course of action. Sure, about what other decision can be done, right? Uh, first and foremost, of course, the official assignee cannot force the other owner to sell if the other owner don't want to, right? Uh, there's no way that we can force sale the whole situation. Uh, it's just that if the other owner who is not a bankrupt want to really dispose of the property, then they require a decision and consent from the uh, official assignee and therefore it's vice versa so it's like that so in a, any question of joint ownership it is about the 100% uh, uh, consensus to make any decision uh, you cannot actually do majority rule you cannot proceed on one and the reality of the case is that nobody would like to buy half the share right the only the only opportunity uh, uh, in the cases like this is the remaining owner who is not bankrupt decided to buy up the share of the uh, bankrupt person and therefore talk to the official assignee. That would be the very likely conclusion in relation to this. But otherwise, if it's disposal to any third party, then you require the consent. And, and usually when these transactions take place where the non-bankrupt uh, owner also decides to purchase the remaining share of the owner, they are in immediate 
conversation with the assignee, right? Basically, the yes. bankrupt person is not involved in the conversation at all. No, they are not. Because uh, let's put it this way, uh, under the law, right, the bankrupt person for all intended purposes has lost the ability to make decision over his own asset and liabilities. Hence, the official assignee is appointed by the court to step in. Correct? Yeah. So in that sense, therefore, the decision maker is always under the official assignee. And in, in your perspective, right, um, yep. if this is about the joint property, but there's also a joint facilities or financing, how yep. complicated does that get then on the on the financing and the loan side if it also involves the other bankrupt person? Sure. Uh, let's put it this way for all intent and purposes. Like I said that, you know, the official assignee step in to administer the asset as well as the liability. Right, uh, it's for both. So if you talk about bank loan, it's a question of liability. Yes or not? Question of liability. There's two things here in the bank loan perspective. Now, if the property is also uh, bought uh, and purchased under both the name, and one person is the banker or whatever, for all intents and purposes, the uh, the bank still have the security over the property by virtue of the power of attorney given earlier, when the loan is taken place. Correct. Mm. And number two is that. In relation to this, uh, the bank still have the upper hand towards the property. Uh, notwithstanding, one per- one party is a bankrupt. They just have to now liaise with the uh, official assignee instead of the bankrupt person. Right, that's quite clear. So can I then yeah. get your other perspective? Let's say if uh, someone is taken bankruptcy proceedings against me or someone else, can I quickly transfer my property to a next of kin or wife or family members to save my assets? Okay, they put it very simple to you. You can, but but for all intended purposes, there is also a a remedy under the law when you are adjudicated bankrupt uh, at that time. If there's any transfer happening and whatnot, uh, from the date of your bankruptcy, the day you are declared as a bankrupt, uh, the the court have a power to go back for the last two years from that date to undo any any, uh, transfer. Right. Of course, the basis is if it's genuine, if it's real, then it's fine. If it's for the purpose of avoiding uh, uh, this uh, enforcement to bankruptcy, then then it, it, the whole transaction will be void as well. And I mean, let's say we we are not in that process, but we can see ourselves right as our as we suddenly lose our job, or if the loan loan moratorium doesn't get extended, and we know we're going to enter into this realm. Uh, the, mm. There's a higher probability of one uh, getting bankrupt. What are the best measures we can take now to avoid that? Because we should really talk about prevention, right? Um, yes, you can. Obviously, uh, the reason why I was saying that, you know, the court can go back for two years and whatnot, right? Like I said, it depends when you start your planning, right? Uh, it's like, you know, which stage are you at this moment? So, like I said, uh, you can do the planning. You can transfer to your wife. You can uh, give it to your children, whatever that is, uh, whoever that's close to you. You can uh, enter this into a corporate structure if you want to. You can do all that. But then the whole idea here at this moment, uh, you have to understand also you probably would have financial credibility issue already as you're doing the planning. Uh, then your loan, your restructuring of the loan and everything, the security and whatnot might be an issue of concern. 
person as well. Like I said, uh, there's no best time to do it or there's no the worst time to do it. It's just that the law allowed for the date of uh, adjudication you can uh, of you being a bankrupt, you can go claw back for the two years period, like I said, the claw back idea. But but if the sales is genuine, you know, it's not because you 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 contemplating your bankrupt and whatnot and everything is above board, right? Then those transactions remain unchallengeable too. Mm. And if I shift the conversation now to on the scenario that I am now bankrupt, mm-hmm. um, I think this is a pretty obvious question, but I mm-hmm. presume that I cannot purchase a house, right, or purchase any critical asset. Yes, you are. How about, are rent? How about renting? Are there any implications about renting? Okay, fine. I mean, you can rent all you want, right? Like I said, I mean, nobody said that a bankrupt person cannot rent or whatever. That is literally, if you ask me legally, that contract would have some issue because uh, you, 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 a bankrupt person really cannot make decisions for himself in a way um, in relation to financial matter. If I'm the landlord and you are the tenant, uh, the landlord is taking a risk in relation to this. You know, like that's what I'm saying to you. Is is bankrupt basically means a person who is not credible in that sense. Um, therefore, there is a risk there. So, so uh, I would say that is or the risk of the landlord to ensure that's happening. That, but if just purely from a third party uh, observation of the manner of the matter, we will say that obviously the the agreement might not be enforceable for many reasons, right? And I said, but but then there's also a question of you need the place to stay or whatever that is, you know, it's a question of also whether this piece of document would be challenged or not, you know? Uh, you could be bankrupt, but you still need a place to stay, right? And you still have a means to pay for it. So nobody will going to enforce that agreement, right? Therefore, the agreement will not be an issue. Yeah, what, what is the best way for a landlord to check? Uh, whether a tenant is bankrupt or not. Are there forums that are free of charge or that you have to pay to access uh, information about someone else's creditworthiness? You can do a bankruptcy search for sure, right, to see whether the person is bankrupt or not. That's available, right? And number two is that you can also, if you are subscribed to to a, a, pro, a program called the CTOS, for example, and all that, Right, those also will show some of the information whether the court case against you, whether they adjudicate a bankrupt, and all that. So all this data system, if you're subscribed to it, then you can check as well. Now let's just um, assume on the scenario that okay, we have managed to discharge myself from bankruptcy. Uh, uh-huh. I, I have been able to successfully discharge myself from that. Uh, how does that affect my ability to purchase and rent post bankruptcy? No, no, you're back to a normal person. All right, so there's no time lag or difference, right? Like, there's no time difference between being discharged to being able to purchase or rent, correct me if I'm wrong? Uh, no, there's no time frame, there's no moratorium, that kind of thing. Like, for example, uh, you know, just like uh, for all intent purposes, if you, are un- you, if you are no longer a bankrupt or you are discharged bankrupt, then obviously you are treated as a credible person. Let's put it this way, it's not easy to discharge bankruptcy too. Right, I, I would say that, that that there's no way to judge you, but obviously your record will be there. It's up to the discretion of the borrower, uh, which is the bank, for example, to assess. For example, you do you do have a history of being a bankrupt, right? That could be playing into the consideration. Right. Thank you very much, Chris. That was very enlightening. Uh, we'll have more of your questions and answers from Chris Tan from Cher Associates after these messages. Stay with us, BFM eighty nine point nine.
Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on the Morning Run. I'm Philip C and I have Chris Tan from Cher Associates here with me for the monthly property legal clinic that takes place on the last Friday of the month. You know, Chris, thank you so much for asking, answering all our questions on related to bankruptcy. And let's, let's uh, shift uh, focus now to this question I got from Anne. Uh, and she's asking, is there a way to force someone to sell their shares in one property to me legally? For example, let's say I own 80% of the land and I'm really interested to buy the last 20% from another holder, but he's not interested to sell its shares. Is there any legal action I can do to force him to sell? Okay, a simple answer is no. Uh, unless there are some very, very unique circumstances uh, that we need to consider on a case-to-case basis, but the simple answer is no simply because uh, your right to property is protected, right? And in this case, it's owned under two individual names. Although you have 80% and 20%, it is not like the operation of a company where majority rules, right? That says that, you know, if I'm 80%, I have the right to buy the rest of 20%. The answer is that even if I'm at 1%, if I don't decide to sell to you, I... I'm not obliged and no way legally you can force me. And there is no, it's not nothing to do with thresholds, right? Whether it's 90, 10, 80, 20, whatsoever, right? No, no. Right. But you said just now about unique circumstances. Could you perhaps explain what are those potentially unique circumstances then, which could be allowed? Okay, uh, a unique uh, circumstances, for example, uh, one of which is the compulsory land acquisition by the government. Right. Mm. Uh, so, so in that sense, really have no choice. You know, if all the requirement and process uh, are being observed, then you have to really sell in relation to that. I don't care you're 20 or 80 or whatever, but in this case, both parties be dragged, but not one party to drag the others, correct? And then the also situation may be succession issue, right? 20% or whatever, that kind of thing, they will be issue as to, you know, uh, maybe there is a need to do certain thing uh, that 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 involve uh, certain public uh, interest and whatever that is. Then probably those kind of circumstances would have. But generally, the answer is very difficult, right? And uh, it's a no. Very interesting. So it really only involves if it's a government related where they can kind of put it through law essentially. But private sure. to private, it's definitely not possible. Yes, because under the uh, federal constitution. Uh, of Malaysia, right? Uh, and uh, there is an article that protect your right to property, no matter how small or how big it is. Right. Now, let's move on to our next question, which is from John. Um, and it's related to the question on land title ownership. Now, his father passed away and he had disclosed that he had left him some land, but actually wasn't quite explicit to where it was. So his first question is, you know, how do you check whether he has land under his name? It is quite impossible, actually, uh, to do a checking like this. Um, because, uh, first of all, I mean, for all intended purposes, uh, land is a state matter, right? Land administration is federally regulated, but still, you need to go state to state to check where that is, right? And by the way, if someone said that I leave land behind for you, doesn't necessarily mean that land in Malaysia too. So we don't know, right? And there's no global uh, title search for you. Just put a name and find out what land or what property do you have. Actually, it's quite challenging in relation to that. But my advice to this person is that I would say that, you know, you probably have to go through and check through uh, all the documents, uh, do an investigation on your own, right? And then maybe every day or every year, just observe all the quick rent assessment that come in uh, to the uh, regular addresses of your father and yours and see that whether those things are there. 
you know, but otherwise it's very, very challenging. So you can't even just go to the land office and say, look, uh, I have this um, land under this person's name. Can I check whether that land is there? Can you not go land office by land office? It's not possible. Correct. Now, in this case, you can if you have the land details. In this case, you don't have the land details, right? Hmm. It's just like you, uh, Philip, going to the land office and say, hey, my name is Philip C. Can you just check what is owned by Philip C? Hmm. Then, then the answer is no, you can't do a search like that. However, however, you can say that, oh, my father have a property in uh, 28 Jalan Empat, Taman 123, for example, right? And I have these details, correct? Then I said, from there, can I check, is that property under my father's name? Or uh-huh. is it under my name? Uh, then it's possible, right? But it is not possible to say, I uh, give my, like, for example, in your case, my father is called Arthur C, right? So can I see what Arthur C? I see. On, on the scenario then of basically when you lose your property title then, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I'm sure, quite common, especially as your you know, parents age and disease, uh, what is the procedure to apply back um, for the property title? Okay, there's there's prescribed procedure in the land offices to do it, how to, how to do it. Uh, mainly involve a lodgement of police report, some form of statutory declarations, right? And then some proof of ownership in the way you want to do it. Because the whole idea is this, even if you lost your title, doesn't mean you lost your ownership of the property, right? Under the record, if it sits in the record, it's still yours, right? Nothing can be done in relation to that. But for all intents and purposes, uh, a land title is just a proof of your ownership, right? Like I said, uh, so the land registry, the land office would have proper record. I see. So, um, and I can do that on behalf of someone else provided I have the will, correct? Uh, not just have the will or whatever that is, you have proof that you have the right to deal with it. You say, you say, you use the word of will that I presume we're talking about a deceased person, correct? Mm. So you talk about a deceased person, the next question is that they are normally we don't talk about the person who can act on behalf of a deceased person. It's not just because you have a will, you must be appointed as an administrator under the will or the executor, correct? Or those people who are deceased uh, but leaving behind no will, correct? Then you still have to go to the court and get a letter of administration first before any information can be released to you. Can I then just do it as another flip, right? Which is, how do I remove my own name from a property? You know, um, my father or mother has passed away and left a house to a whole bunch of siblings, but I would like to give up the property and remove my name. How easy is it? And is it very, I presume it's quite easy to do? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually through what we call a memorandum of transfer and an MOT if the title is out. Correct. And what you need to do is that you want to say you are either giving up for a valuable consideration, either your sibling pay you, right? Or you want to do it for love and affection, which is means zero, right? In that sense, uh, if that's the case, either way, your reason, then do that. And then, and then make sure that you know where this is going to, like, is it one particular siblings or all siblings in equal share up to you, but it's very easy to be done. I, I don't think it's complicated at all. I see. Okay. Now, Chris, I have another broader question. I think this is uh, with regarding to uh, someone purchasing a new property. Uh, the developer is charging house owners the utility deposit for common area for their condo upon vacant possession. The question is, does the developer have the right to impose such charges before the formation of a JMB? Okay, the simple answer for this is that there is no provision under the Strata Management Act uh, for such collection. And it is true that, you know, uh, this thing should be put up 
for the AGM when you form your JMB for that purpose. So the answer is that they can collect uh, advance payment, right? Now we're talking about a residential property here. Then they can collect advance payment for service charge and sinking fund, but not deposit for the utilities, right, of the common area. Uh, and if you are talking about commercial property, then it depends what is stated and provided under the sales and purchase agreement. Can we just squeeze in one last question uh, sure, for you? Sure. And it's related to the home ownership campaign. Um, sure. I have purchased a condo which is under the HOC, the home ownership campaign. Earlier, the agent was told that all the SPA and legal disbursement fees are free. But once my loan was approved, they provided me a form under legal fees. And so there were legal fees at Volerum, stamp duty and disbursement relating to the transfer of the property upon issuance of the strata title. So can I just get a sense, can you help me clarify, are there any legal fees actually with respect to the home ownership campaign? Very, very simple to 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 you is that you know home home ownership campaigns uh, has nothing uh, no benefit in relation to legal fees of the transaction, right? Uh, what they have is actually talking about stamp duty waiver for the transfer, right? In this in this case, as well as the stamp duty applicable on the loan documentation under any property purchase under the home ownership campaign. So, for all intent and purposes, uh, if there's SPA fees as well as the legal disbursement, if it is mentioned to be free by the developer, it is something over and above offered by the developer and not part of the uh, home ownership campaign, which is ongoing until end of the year. So essentially check the agreement with the developer. It's nothing to do with the home ownership campaign Correct. that was proposed by the government. That's what you're saying, right? Correct. The home ownership campaign only got to do with waiver of stamp duty. Chris, thank you very much. That was very helpful. That's all the time that we have for the monthly Property Legal Clinic today. Join us again next month as we help you shed light on your legal conundrums. Send your questions to property at bfm.my or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.